Welcome to Outside Inside Radio, which is brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include art making, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of safe space. We are based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have had additional chapters at three CSU campuses, San Bernardino, Fresno, and Fullerton. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Transformative Arts, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. We're popping in for a minute after having completed season one of Outside Inside Radio to share some exciting news and bring you a special conversation. We'll save the announcement for the end. But first, we want to go behind the scenes and bring you a very special interview with the person who started Prison Arts Collective. Hi everyone, this is Ella Turen, and I'm here today with Annie Buckley, who is the founding director of the Prison Arts Collective. Hi Annie, we're so happy to have you here, welcome. Hi Ella, thank you so much for being here and inviting me. So we're really excited about this next chapter of the radio show. How are you feeling about that? I am really excited about it too. I'm really excited to have you here joining us and hosting the next series. And I'm excited to see what you're bringing to it. And I just can't wait to hear our new guests. We've been really excited about the opportunity to share the stories of writers and artists and musicians who are system impacted. And I want to give a shout out to all of our participants out in the correctional institutions who might be listening. We are thinking of you and sending you all our best wishes and hoping that you're enjoying this radio program. Yes, it's such an exciting time. And thank you. Yeah, definitely. We want to make sure that everybody is is well and, and we do hope that they're enjoying this. So today we want to find out a little bit more about you, Annie. And if you could share with us your background and who you be and how that <laughs> led you to found the Prison Arts Collective. Sure. Thank you for asking. So I feel at, at, you know, at the heart of it, I'm an artist and a writer. So I'm just a maker of things in the world. And I also believe really strongly ever since I was little, I always remember this desire to have equity in the world. Like um, when I first was just a little kid and learned about it sounds so naive, but when I first learned about people, you know, being hungry or not having homes, I was just so shocked and so offended that that would happen in the world. And now, obviously, you know, as an adult, I know that there's complexities around why that happens. But I've just always merged those in um, with an interest to expand access to the arts to people who don't necessarily have the opportunity to participate in the arts or to feel that it is for them or that their voices are valued. Um, it's just always been important to me. So that's a little bit about me. I make art. I do a lot of writing, which I love. And I love this program that I have the very, very, very good fortune to be able to help bring into the world. 
And how old is PAC at this point? So we started in 2013. Okay. So it's been going on for quite some time now. Yeah, it's interesting to see. And soon you'll be a decade old. I hadn't thought of that until you said it. You're right. Yeah, in just a a couple of years. There needs to be a 10-year celebration. 100%. Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's amazing. In many ways, it still feels like the small organic um, program that we started. But in many ways, it also is really clear that it's now a very, like, organized thing we have chapters (laughs) at five different cal state campuses now and we're working in 11 different prisons so it's definitely grown wow so what's the origin story like did did somebody come to the idea you know with you or was there an opportunity that came about that led you to start the program how did how did you get it off the ground yeah that's such a great question so Like I said, I've always been interested in opening up access to the arts. And so in 2011, I was hired at Cal State San Bernardino as an assistant professor. Um, I'm now, as of last year, at San Diego State University, where I'm the director of the School of Art and Design. Um, But I started off at Cal State San Bernardino and was able to get this program started while I was there. And um, that is where our program began. And what happened was I was looking to create opportunities for my students to be able to teach in the communities and at the same time to create opportunities for the arts in the community. So I was able to work with many wonderful colleagues um, at the university and in the community to find out who wanted the arts programs and then to place our students. And in the midst of that, someone at California Institution for Men, the men's prison at Chino, reached out to our university. So my chair at the time was like, hey, this seems like something you would be interested in. And so it started from there. So they reached out to us. It merged with something that was already happening. And from there, I went um, with a small group of my students, I asked them, do you want to come with me to this prison to see about starting art? And they, I think all but one said yes, which I was excited and surprised. We went out to the prison. We met a number of the men. We met the warden and administrators. We toured the space. And from that first visit, we created a pilot program. And we, at that time, we created a model that kind of addressed the different issues that came up in bringing our students out to the prisons and in providing opportunities for choice for the participants and in ensuring that we completed whatever we started, which we felt was really important based on their feedback. And that model is really the very much what we continue to this day with obviously adjustments as we've grown. And I love that one of those adjustments is that you're also invested in making sure that folks inside also have the power to facilitate the work that they do and to ask questions and be be more than participants in the programs, which I think is really empowering in ways that, you know, if we just always go in and just do a delivery, that's one thing. But having people really have a stake in art making is, I think, really incredible. That, yeah, thank you. That's so true. That's so cool. And I totally agree. And I have to say everything about this program really is community based in the sense that it grows out of what's the need and and what are we trying to do. 
Um, and so one of the innovations that I'm most proud of actually is our facilitator training program that, the, that you're speaking of. And that started about five years ago. And it really also grew out of the what was already in place, right? So when we went to that first visit, actually we still work with some of the men we met that day. And one, two of them are now out and are working in different capacities, one more full-time and one um, part-time with our program. So Stan and Ezekiel. And so what we saw was that there's these amazing artists who are already trying to create community and already teaching in a peer-to-peer way. They say each one teach one. And we, you know, took married that with the curriculum from art education that I was facilitating to students on campus and sort of merge those to create this new thing that's a hybrid and it's a 60-hour teacher training. And we now have 50 participants across the state of California who've gone through it, who were leading classes weekly up to the pandemic. Wow, that's so amazing. And it must be uh, so fulfilling for people to participate in that. Speaking of fulfillment, you know, part of what you talk about in the mission statement of the Prison Arts Collective is about the transformative power of art. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, why that's important, so important to you that you have to include it in the mission. And what's been your experience um, seeing how these art programs and the art making has impacted, I would say, both folks who are inside and outside? Yeah, it's such a big question, and it's such an important question. Um, So for me personally, I have always experienced art to be a healing and transformative experience that has been vital to my life. Um, I know yourself as an artist probably relate, right? Like it's... Absolutely. (laughs) So I have felt that in my own... um, again since I was a child it's just always been a part of my life I've always been making things and drawing and writing and creating and it always feels like home for me like if there's a time that I go for a while without doing that I feel like a little ungrounded and a little lost so I feel that it's it's been really vital and then at in addition to that it has been something that's been a lifeline for me during difficult times. Um, I'm a cancer survivor. So when I was struggling with that, as well as have lost both my parents. So when I was struggling with grief. So in my own life, I have found um, the making of art and writing to allow me to process difficult experiences that I don't know how I would have done it otherwise. (laughs) Um, So that's for me. And in terms of our work, obviously, it's not just about my experience, but in expanding the access to the arts and working with people across so many diverse communities that I've been so lucky to get to work with, I've seen that, yeah, of course, it isn't just me. Like, this is a universal experience that so many of us share. And so in our program, I definitely see it all the time. I mean... Most of our team loves the work that we're doing because it's so rewarding to have that opportunity to see the direct impact of art happening. One of my colleagues that I brought in, another professor that I brought in, I remember her saying, well, it's it reminds me why I got into art, like why I love it. Like it's that root of of it being so impactful that can get lost as we sort of get into like exhibitions and publications and careers, which are important, but maybe not the heart 
of what the art is. Mm. And what is, when you talk about what the impact is, can you give some examples? Like, what does it look like on the ground to, to like know that the art is actually making a difference? Yeah, for sure. So um, so just a, a little snapshot of what our programs typically look like, and then some, some stories that grow out of it that will get at that. So we typically work in a gym, or we've sometimes worked in culinary or a, a classroom somewhere inside the prison, where we can have a few different sites of art making happening simultaneously. And that's important because we always want to provide that element of choice to help facilitate people feeling agency, which I think is often lacking in an institutionalized environment. And so it'll be like a big prison gym and a table over here, you know, maybe doing collage and in another space doing yoga and another space creative writing. And so within this sort of like oasis of arts, I've heard many, many participants over the years telling us that this is the one space during the week that they feel relaxed, which um, might not sound like much to many of us, but is actually quite um quite vital and important to someone living such a challenging life of being an institutionalized person, um, as well as the one place that they feel happy or calm. Um, the thing that strikes me the most, shortly after we started going there, one of the men said to me, when you guys come, you bring the humanity. And I, I was just sort of taken wow. aback. Yeah. That's powerful. <laughs> it's so, it, yeah, right? Like it, it kind of struck me. And it hadn't occurred to me. I don't think I'd really thought about my humanity prior to that. Like it's more taken for granted. So to think about people who, because of their circumstances and the situation they're in, are not experiencing that in a way that we take for granted was really powerful. And I've heard that a lot, a lot over the years. That same artist, his name is Robert, he, um, a few years into the program, Initially, he was just helping us. He's like, oh, I'm just here to help. And and he would help make sure that the supplies were counted at the end, which is so important. And he and other sort of peer leaders like himself would help make sure the program runs smoothly. So he was doing that, which is obviously vital because if um, inside of a prison, as you know, but in case listeners don't know, if like a paintbrush goes missing, potentially the whole Everything stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's vital. So anyway, one day he says, oh, I created a new project. And it was, um, he had built little tiny canvases and little tiny um, easels. And he wanted to distribute them to his peers and also to the teaching team and ask them to create paintings and then create this little mini collaborative installation right and they're so beautiful and I was so blown away not only because it was so creative and they were so beautifully made I was with the little string to hold them together the the easels um but on top of that the fact that he was hearing what we'd been saying for a few years about community-based practice and working together and implementing it in an art piece. That was the first time that I saw that. And I thought that was really exciting. Most of the individuals inside are, you know, like most artists outside too, really focused on like their own projects. So it was really exciting to see that um, happen. And there's one day that I was in one of our prisons in Ironwood. That was our first facilitator training program. 
a couple of them are now out and have worked with us. One Mark is working with us now, and and we have others who've um, who've joined over the time since they've been out. But in any case, we were there in this little classroom, and it was the last day. And at this point, all of them had gone through this 60-hour training, which is quite challenging. They usually start off thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. And we're like, oh, no, you know, you got this. Just stick with it. And by the end, they have to complete a final project, which is much like we have, you know, at universities. And and so they have to complete the final project. And it's to teach the whole group a 15-minute lesson that includes all of the four parts of our lessons, which is creating, cultivating safe space, some element of art history, art making, and reflection. And so it's really hard. So long story short, they do this and they always blow us away. I can't believe the lessons they come up with. They're so creative and so skilled and they put their all into it. And one of them was teaching singing, which was amazing because we hadn't had anyone teaching singing. Wow. Andrew, <laughs> right? And he was teaching singing to the guys. And then at the after the projects, we do a celebration to share the artwork. And he sang that song from Les Miserables, the... Ooh. Yeah, the it must have been so powerful. Yeah, it was so powerful. It's hard to articulate how powerful it was. But we're in this little room in this prison at the edge of the state after this really difficult ordeal. And he sang this song and everyone there was like not a dry eye in the room. And they gave him a standing ovation, which is is not so common at all in those programs. It's hard to encapsulate it. No, but those are really powerful examples, especially when you talk about building community and the way that it provides an opportunity for people to come together. Because, you know, for folks who have never been inside um, or done any work inside, that's not easy to do. And then also the piece about humanity, I think, is really striking, too. And, you know, that art is humanizing just by itself. It allows, you know, a window into the soul a window into an artist's mind, but it also, I think artists are also truth tellers of what's happening in society. And I bet a lot of the artists are, you know, making work that might be reflecting of everyday life and also making work that is reflective of everyday struggles. Um, And I'm sure that's like, all of that is what, you know, what makes it a rich experience for folks. That is so true. That is so true. I noticed when we first started going that many, like to your point about expressing our humanity, uh, many of the artists inside are creating more realistic style pieces, like beautiful. I mean, the technical skill is off the chart, which is amazing. And then what we did is we said, well, let's bring in art history and show other approaches. So instead of saying, oh, you know, don't do that because it's amazing. Keep doing it. But here's some other options if you want to expand. So we brought abstraction and surrealism. And and um, once we started doing that, we saw them just evolve, many of them in the types of work they're doing, and also starting to express a little bit more their interior spaces through the art, which was really um, exciting to see. Mm-hmm. So Annie, where do you, like, what are your dreams and visions for the Prison Arts Collective? Where do you see it going ultimately? I know that's that's a big question, <laughs> but if you had no if you had no barriers, you had no, nothing to hold you back. 
And I'm sure like you're informed by all of the people who have probably been your in your ear with suggestions. So let's call it a collective effort, a collective dream. What would it what would it look like? Well, I will say that we're going through our first ever strategic planning, so I'll probably have a better oh. answer. <laughs> probably have a better answer in a, in a few weeks or a few months. Um, but I would say that from the beginning, this program, at least like in my experience, in my leadership of it, has been much more from behind or underneath, like seeing this thing that wanted to come into fruition and kind of trying to shape it. Or like, for example, we, we got funding because students were teaching, they graduated, they found this grant. Hey, if you get this grant, maybe we can get hired. And so it was all, it was more of a responsive process all along and it, and it still is. So I always want that to be part of it. So it's a little bit hard to say, here's where it should go. But that being said, working with chapters at the Cal State campuses has been really incredible and rewarding. And we have faculty directors at each of those chapters who are leading those spaces for their region and community. And I would love to see it in all of the Cal States and have expanded opportunities for both students as well as have this in the prisons throughout the state. Um, And I would also really love to see each of us be able to continue that type of arts programming for everyone and at the same time bring in um, a bachelor's degree for those who are eligible or who are interested because that's not something that everybody inside the prison can or wants to do, but we would love to have that be an option for those who do want it, considering that we do have that ability as a university program. Oh, that would be so exciting. And I know a lot of people are really hungry for that. So just as a, as a final thought and a closing, I know that you probably would want to be at every single class if you could. (laughs) I know I would want to be. But um, but given the fact that you can't clone yourself yet, Annie, <laughs> if you had a message that you wanted to send to all the folks who participate in the programs, you know, just about the work you do or about what it means to you personally or what you know it means to other people, what would you want people to know about the Prison Arts Collective, especially the folks who are the most intimately involved with the work? There's two words that come to my mind when you ask that, gratitude and value. So just big gratitude. We're so grateful. I'm so grateful to every single student, faculty, incarcerated person, you know, person coming out from the prisons joining us. Every single person who's come to this group has brought something to it, whether for a short time or a long time. And it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't exist without this group. It's not a singular operation. And so I'm just so, so, so grateful. And also for the bravery, specifically for those inside that they are exhibiting to come into our classes and open up to something new that they are maybe afraid to try um, for reasons, you know, and to be able to open up and share themselves and their ideas I I value that so much and I guess that's the last thing just value I, I value each and every one of you and your bravery to put yourself in a position to be vulnerable and tr- transform and it's something that we all need and we all can do and and benefit from that really powerful example wow thank you so much Annie well we value you so much. And I'm so grateful to know you and to have been introduced to this program. It's been such a great experience for me. And if it's been 
even a quarter for anybody else what it's been, I'm sure that it's been completely amazing. So thank you for all of the work that you've done. And here's looking to the future and, you know, what's next on the horizon as we emerge from these crazy times. <laughs> for sure. And thank you so much, Ella, for being a part of it, not just here with this program, but ever since we've met for coming in and bringing your show to the women in the prison, for working with our um, students and our staff. And you've just brought so much of your experience in this work over, over the years to us. So we thank you. I thank you so much, too. And I'm Aww. excited to hear the rest of the shows. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, it's Ella again. Thank you so much for joining us here at Outside Inside Radio. We really appreciate your support. And you can find out more about us at www.prisonartscollective.com. We promised you a big announcement at the beginning of the show. And here it is. Season two is coming. We're so excited to continue bringing you conversation with artists who are making interesting and impactful work. In season two, we'll not only chat with returning citizens, but engage with PAC staff and teaching artists as well. We hope you'll continue to tune in and be as inspired as we've been. And oh yeah, one more thing. I'll be your new host and I look forward to walking on this journey with you. See you in season two.